Hello everyone. I've just got back from a walk actually. It's lovely out there because the daffodils are out, which is really lovely because it means spring is on its way. There's some crocuses and snowdrops as well, which have been out for a few weeks now actually. It's nice to know we're getting through the winter and onto nicer days. Well, today I'm talking to a lovely friend of mine who's all the way over in Australia because she's Australian although she spends a lot of time in the UK as well. She's a singer, she's an actress, she's a designer, and she's a lovely lady. She is Danny Minogue. Danny, how lovely. This is so exciting. I found a picture of you and me and little Ethan as a bubba yeah. when we were doing Aww. the ads for M&S. And I looked and it was 2010, I think, right? Yeah, 2010. So he's 10. <gasps> yes. A little man. And, oh. and as you know, I'm 5'2", and he's uh, he's five foot already. Oh, he's going to be tall. Yeah, so uh, he just started grade five here in Australia, and uh, oh. I think um, our last year of primary school is grade six, so I think by grade six he will have overtaken me. Oh, you'll have this great man to take you out dancing I know (laughs) how are you I'm so good it's so good to see your face and to hear your voice I know it's so lovely to see you have you got got my tea tea? I do have my tea I have I have green tea so Mm. I'm mostly a green tea drinker this is a very lazy tea bag it's not a nice oh yeah yeah Lee do you remember you met you met Lee my husband didn't you he's he went over to Green Tea about two years ago. Never came back. Never came back. I'm still a um, a builder's tea. Although I do I like um, lemon and ginger. Yeah. I have that sometimes. And licorice I love. Well, the, the other thing that we're doing here because it's summer mm-hmm. is making a brew of um, hot black tea and then putting slices of lemon in it and a bit of sugar and then chilling it in the fridge for like proper homemade iced tea. How lovely. Well, when I when we lived in LA for a few years in the 90s, and it was the first time I'd ever come across iced tea because you don't really have it in England. It's never really hot enough. Um, And they used to do a, a there was a health food cafe that we used to go to, and they used to do passion fruit iced tea. Yeah. And it was out of this world. It was absolutely gorgeous. Was that Earth Cafe or was that not open then? I can't remember. seems to be the the, the first one out of those that... I think it was... I I can't remember. I think it was along the Sunset Strip somewhere. It was one of the the first ones because that was when it was all... Yeah, I think it's probably Earth Cafe. That's where everyone sort of gravitates to. Yeah. It's a famous one, yeah. It was the kind of health food kit was just kind of starting then, I think. Yeah, yeah. But... um, so you've got some of you lucky things. Yes, we've we have come through um, a long, hard winter here in Melbourne. I I, I know you guys are doing yeah. it so tough in the UK at the moment. Of course, I'm following it every yeah, single it's day. Bad. It's, it's pretty um, bad. <clears throat> you know, London's a place I lived for 22 years. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister lives there. My mates are there, and and I I appreciate a little bit like our hospitals are are not as inundated but at one point our numbers were the same as London and at that point 
Melbourne went into a very strict lockdown and uh, we had the longest, most strict global lockdown. And we just thought, when is this going to end? Like every day was hard and there'd be a finish line and you'd get towards the finish line and they say, no, we, we're extending it. And that was mentally so challenging mm. for everybody here. But just to give you a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, we kept going until it was really done properly. Mm-hmm. And now um, I... I you're required to put on a mask if you can't socially distance. So in a, in an elevator or in a supermarket right. or, or a, you know a, a doctor's appointment or something. But we are virtually COVID free. We walk around and then every day people are checking their phones. Like um, we call it double donuts. Do we have double donuts today? So no <laughs> COVID cases, no deaths. How brilliant! And, so it and, can be uh, done. It can be done and it's very hard to understand the science and the math of it all, but obviously there are people who are studying this and each country and each city, like Australia is so big that mm. each state was doing something different. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't and know that. I guess there are different elements going into it. So in Melbourne where I'm from, it's right down south if you cross the water from the bottom of Australia and you keep going south, you're going to hit a big patch of ice with penguins on it. Like <laughs> you are in the Antarctic. Um, so we, you know, we, winter here is quite cold and, and windy and there's always generally a lot of flu yeah. going around. But far north in Queensland, it's tropical. You're That's close right. to the equator and it's, and it's, it's warm year round it's either warm and raining or warm and not raining and that's the difference between summer and winter so it is handled very differently as well as uh having premiers that were making up their rules that that they wanted but in melbourne we had an outbreak from hotel quarantine and our it it was a real mess mess up It, it should have with with hindsight 2020 should have could have been avoided but it was still very new the whole hotel quarantine so i guess a lot of uh, cities and countries started it but didn't have time to maybe plan it out yeah. properly well it's quite uh, it's quite a, a huge thing to organize isn't it but um, aren't I right in thinking from all i've read isn't it because australia kind of stopped people flying in they closed yeah, down we, the borders and that, that I think, is what we should have done months and months and months ago. They, they're doing it now, but it, it's a bit late. Yeah. But, uh, we are going down this week, though. That's the good news. Good, good. But That's it's so my, good my heart go. you know, we're all, we're, we're all climbing the walls, but, you know, we're mm. touchwood healthy and, you know, Lee and I have been in our house in the country since March. The yeah. hard thing for me is not seeing, you know, my daughter Carly and Lee's son Ace and our grandchildren. Yeah. That's yeah. the hardest. My 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 little Joni, who's five and a half, who's the new love of my life. We oh, I, I read to I her bet. every night on on um, FaceTime, oh. and she said to me last night, "When are you going to come and have a sleepover with me?" Yeah, <laughs> oh, and it it breaks it's your heart. It's hard for them to understand. She said, yeah. "When the germ goes away, you can come over." She calls yeah. it the germ. Yeah, so sweet. Oh. But you know. But the, my heart really goes out to the, the nurses and the doctors and the families who've 
lost people. I mean, I just can't imagine what yeah. that must be like. At any point when you're just thinking today is a tough day, you, you've just got to think of putting yourself in, in those people's shoes and I know it all melts away and, you know, you just got to find that inner strength and, and move on. But it's, it is a bit of a roller coaster emotionally and physically, like physically um, there's, you, your, your body has to get used to, I don't know, just all, all the changes, not that, that adrenaline rush to work and the rush yeah, home. Exactly. Um, the only rush you get is, you know, cleaning, cleaning the house. Oh, I, I've become the best cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I heard in one of your previous I, podcasts. I, I, I do great bathrooms. Oh, I hate doing bathrooms. I quite like I hate it. doing bathrooms, but I love vacuuming. I love doing the dishes. That's I so love funny. putting things away and tidying the drawers. So we'd make a good team. Yeah, we would. I can do the ironing. Oh, great. I hate ironing. I don't do windows. <laughs> I'll do windows. Okay. No problem. We could set up a company. <laughs> Danny and Twiggy's <laughs> cleaning service. <laughs> when I lived in London, I shared a balcony with one of my neighbours and um, we were on a, a floor that was the floor where the window cleaners would get onto the window cleaning oh, yeah, apparatus. Yeah. And... Um, it, for me, the window windows were never cleaned as much as I would like, like <laughs> to really be able to see because we had a view of the river. It was beautiful. So I would get out there and clean the windows and um, be saying to my neighbours, well, I'm out here with the bucket. Do you want me to just come Do along yours. and clean your windows <laughs> as well? So oh, yeah. my neighbours got photos of me so on on the balcony, on the ninth floor um, yes. in Battersea, on the river there, cleaning the windows and she could hardly take the, the photo. She thought it was so that hilarious. She's like, nobody will believe Danny Minogue is not only cleaning her own windows but cleaning my windows as well. <laughs> That's brilliant. There's a brilliant. I, um, lovely Elaine Page did my podcast early on, and she told me she that there was a clip on YouTube that she'd done when it all when the first lockdown happened, and she's yeah. in her pink rubber gloves in the shower cleaning, and she turns to camera and says, "Don't cry for me, I'm the cleaner." <laughs> <laughs> you should look it up. It's absolutely brilliant. I will. It really made I me will. laugh. Oh so every, everyone, we're all gonna have. Such new talents. I mean, I'm knitting. I'm knitting yeah. like a maniac. <laughs> but what are you knitting? Uh, baby things, because my daughter had a little baby yeah. boy just before um, lockdown in March. He was born. So luckily, yeah. I got to see wow. him. He was born yeah. on February the nineteenth, so he's nearly a year. Yeah. I haven't had many cuddles, I'm afraid, but but I did see him. I held him, and then for two weeks I was there, and then. We weren't allowed to because, you know, I, I kind of fall into the, the high-end group. So, you know, we've got to be careful. Yeah. But I, my husband gets his jab, Lee gets his jab on Monday and then I'm in the next group down because um, he's a little bit yeah. older than me. So I, I should hopefully get mine in the next week or two. And how does it work? Like do you get a message through your GP, how do you find out that you're now eligible? You do, you get a text. You, you, you have to be have an, an, a national health number, which everybody in the UK has. Yeah. And the good thing is you can't, you can't ring a private doctor and get it. They don't have it. 
which I think is absolutely right. And um, mm. and so they contact you. And it's no good ringing okay. your surgery because it's all done from a central government base Yeah, by age and um, whether you've got health issues. Luckily, touch wood, we're both healthy, but we fall into a certain age, you know, bracket. So mine is the fourth bracket. So I sh- if Lee gets his on Monday... I should get, hopefully, get mine in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But then we have to wait. It could be up to 12 weeks for the second one, but at least we'll we'll have it. Now, listen, this is so exciting, this new collection. Tell me about it. That's brilliant for oh QVC, God, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Tell me how it all happened and when you're launching and... First of all, I have to say that when we worked in Miami years ago and you were telling me about designing a collection of clothes back then and how much you loved it and it was just such a wonderful, became like a whole lifestyle for you and Lee and I will never forget that conversation. And um, I now, I, I guess I've been involved in fashion my whole life, my my grandmother um, was always sewing clothes for family. She had six children from Wales, not a lot of money, always made the clothes. My mum, when we were little, would also make her stuff as well. And uh, so my grandmother taught us how to sew. First I would hear um, the singer machine, oh, yeah. which had a very different sound from when she upgraded to the new Janome machine. Oh, the, um, the posh machine. The Janome. Uh, and... And then at 17, I had my own uh, clothing label in Australia. Then much later in life, I did a collaboration in London with a friend, Tabitha, and we had um, a line of clothing called Project D. And then I started my own label in Australia from a real passion. I wanted to make clothing that was for petite people. And I've been doing this out here in Australia now for six years and uh, I, I'm now going to get the opportunity to start in the UK through QVC my own petites line, and so I'm 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 wrapped with that. No, it's a brilliant idea, Danny, because I've I've got some petite friends, and they always moan yeah. about you know the shops don't cater for them. Mm. It's like if you've got I mean lovely Erin, you know who who we work with as well. She has the opposite. <laughs> Yes. She has the opposite problems because she's six foot one or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, petite people, they're, you know, they're never quite the right proportion, the clothes, they, and they have to shorten everything, the sleeves, the leg, you know. So it's a brilliant idea. And, and you're so stylish. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I'm very excited. Thank you. I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because um, even when you shorten stuff, it doesn't look great because the body length and the rise and mm. where everything should be tapering in or out is hitting at yeah. the wrong spot so I mean I've I've had a lifetime of um altering clothes to make them fit and it's yeah it's boring it's expensive it's time consuming um but there you know for many years I just thought there's something wrong with me I couldn't understand where my my friends go to a shop they open the door to the store and they look around and anything that they want to get if they can find their size they choose, I want, you know, a bright coloured dress or, you know, some dark jeans or whatever. 
And I open the door to a store and I think there's nothing in here that I will be able to buy that will fit me. And so you start to think there's something wrong with you. And I, it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that uh, I was working with a seamstress and I, I just got used to having things altered and I said to her, mm-hmm. you know, I don't understand why I have to do this all of the time. Um, there's something wrong with me. And she said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just petite. And I was like, well, what's petite? And she said, it means you're short. You're short. Um, So in fashion-wise, petite is five foot three and under or 160 centimetres and under for people who work in centimetres. And so your body length and the rise in jeans and all that, everything, the, the width of your neck, you know, where a pocket needs to be, everything is different. So she said, you actually have to start from a different pattern and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, like th- all of the, the measurements are so different. It'd be like trying to have like a little mini minor car and it doesn't have doors on it and you've got a truck sitting there and you're like, oh, we'll just fit these doors from the truck onto this little <laughs> mini minor. It's, it doesn't work. It has to be a different pattern shape size from the ground up for, for it to fit. Um, and so I kind of... I thought I'd love to be able to do something where there's a place where you can go to where everything is made for petite size and all you have to do is have that enjoyable shopping experience of saying, oh, well, I've got a party to go to, I'd need a dress. Or, yeah. um, because I'd, I'd spent a lifetime of never having that. And, you know, there, there are a, a few petite brands around at the moment, around the world, not many. The range is not no. huge. It's the only very ones difficult. I've seen are usually in a store that do not, you know, do the normal sizes, and then they have a tiny little section. You might get two or three petites, but you don't have the choice. And I hate that emotionally. That is just like I'm an afterthought. You know, I'll just, you know, yeah. throw her a peanut. She'll be happy. Like one <laughs> pair of jeans that fit her, that's enough for them. That's enough for the little people. And I just want to be, to have something in fashion that is fully considered and. Brilliant. Yeah. So did did, did you, do you have them, are they manufactured in, well, you do your range in, in Australia. They're manufactured there, are they? Uh, no, in uh, the stuff that I do for Australia is for a different company. I've been working with yeah. them for six years, and okay. oh, we, so it's a different range. Yeah, it's completely two different, different. So if people have oh, seen exciting. that on my Instagram, it's a, it's a completely different range. And we, okay. the, when I started conversations with QVC, I would say to them that when I'm packing a case to come to London, the things I pack, I don't wear here in Australia. Like it's a very no. different lifestyle, weather, Australia is very relaxed. I mean, Melbourne has seen more of, you know, the the fashion, more European, but, you know, we're roaming around, we're heading to the beach, you know, it's a different way of dressing. So I'm very conscious to be designing for for the, the person that I am when I step off the plane in Heathrow and I'm heading into London and I love being able to wear stuff in London that I don't really get to wear anywhere else. I think, um, and and you've said it in your podcast before, you know, British fashion has been, you know, very vibrant and very energetic Mm. and um, 
breaking rules and you know not not afraid of color and pattern yeah. and and it, it, it's a different different mentality to here where you know the big shops are surf shops so do you do you because you know as you know I've done a few ranges over the years with different companies and do you do you work with a, a design team for for the QVC range that's yeah. going to launch it launches what in February in March yeah we oh, in March yeah uh, do you work with a, a team in the UK or yeah do you have your team and so and then then because the way I used to work when I did a range in America for a shopping channel we do a lot of work on FaceTime yeah <laughs> and then they would I would send my my drawings and my design thoughts through and then they would have samples made up and they'd ship them to me and then I'd do all my notes. Is is that kind of how you've made it work? Kind of. It's It's been weird because we had decided on how we were going to structure it before the pandemic hit. So um, I was going to be in and out of London many times a year and um, up until the time of the launch those trips would just be uh, centered around design and there's a design team and they do all the manufacturing I don't have to stress about that I just am focusing on on the design um but then COVID hit I wasn't able to get to London so we've yeah we've been doing it remotely um and then launch I I should have been in London now um preparing for the launch and then I was going to come back in March for the launch and of course now it it will be you know on a screen and and from Melbourne so the samples are being sent here to me um so it's it's, but it'll still you know uh, listen the whole world is in this scenario Mm. so everyone will understand and they'll be so thrilled to see you anyway and then when please God, later in the year, it, it eases off. Then I'll, we'll then, I'll, person. <laughs> then I'll be able to have a proper tea with you. <laughs> yeah, that would be, it'd be lovely to meet face up actually. To face. We haven't, I know. Yeah. But you're um, now... Obviously, everyone knows your sister, Kylie. She lives in London still, doesn't she? She lives in London. She's in Australia at the moment. Um, Oh, is she? Yeah. I mean, there's we're we're very lucky we've all been able to, you know, get back to base because normally our lives are just between flights everywhere. Um, But we're all in Australia now and just, just bunkering down. There's nothing else you can do. Your mum and dad's still alive? Yes, yes. Uh, my mum and dad and one grandparent and wow. we just celebrated her 101st <gasps> birthday. Oh 100 was goodness. last year. She got the letter from the Queen, you know, the oh. beautiful note. And, yeah, 101 this year. And I thought, what do you get somebody who's 101? And she's really cheeky and really naughty. So I thought, ah, oh, I know what I'm going to get her. <laughs> I saw an ad on the TV um, for a calendar that's for charity and and much needed because you would have heard of the terrible bushfires we had here. So yeah, the charity is for uh, all things to do with firefighting. So you can probably imagine what the calendar is. It's the fireman's calendar. Oh, and how fabulous. Each fireman is there topless with a little baby animal like a little koala or a kangaroo. Oh. It is hilarious. So the place where she lives, she's the oldest resident and she's the longest resident there. 
at the moment and uh, she trotted back home after her party with this calendar. The place oh. erupted. Everyone was like, what? <laughs> screaming as she walked in the door the nurses came out from their offices thinking someone's fainted or something's happened and they were like what's wrong who's hurt themselves she said no I just it's my birthday present they said what show me show me what the birthday present is it's the fireman's calendar so it's gone down a treat that is hysterical there's hope for us all yeah that's going on at 101 <laughs> so do your mum and dad live in Melbourne they do, yeah. Oh, so, that's we're, not, we're, so you can all get together now, presumably. We can, yeah. <gasps> I um, oh, that's my that's my dream. Yeah, that's my dream. It was really hard for a while when um, we we had a five kilometer rule, so you couldn't go outside of five that's kilometers. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, we could see each other, but we couldn't hug. You know, and then there was a point where you could go to the park as long as it was within that five kilometres yeah. and you were allowed to meet one other person there. You both had to be wearing masks, both both had to be social distancing and it's tough. I know. Well, listen, everyone's... We, we will get through it. I do, yes. I really believe there is... Well, now, especially talking to you about what's happened in Australia and when, yeah. when I read about that, it gives me hope because it shows it can be done. Yeah, and, and I think um, that, you know, on the news there's a lot of... Um, you know, doom and gloom, obviously. Yeah, well, they, but, they love um, all that. <laughs> I find that also uh, countries are loving to point the finger and go, oh, they're much worse off than we are, yeah. you know, which at the moment you guys are, but it's you also need to hear about the successes um, in order to, to keep that hope. Also, that what is lovely is reading the stories about how people are treating each other, how they're looking after each other. It's kind of... It's kind of made people, you know, we were all, as you said earlier, so busy rushing around doing this and what am I going to do this and I've got this on and that in different in different lifestyles and different mm. worlds. And then suddenly this happened and we've all had to just stop mm. and rethink and, 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 and the planet, the planet's coming back to life in places where yeah. it was dying yeah because there's not all this rushing around and traveling and so you know maybe out of this horrendous time will come some good things I hope good change yeah I mean I was always very interested that before this hit and Ethan's going to school I was like wow kids are really into science and math now like that's yeah the cool thing and they're just genuinely interested and there couldn't be a better time now than where science and math comes together and it's 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 part of everyone's lives and i think the the younger generation that are into that they're seeing how this is affecting everyone they're wanting to make global change with looking after the environment it all goes hand in hand i think that it does they're, they're really going to feel even more passionate about making changes and doing doing things better. I agree. Going back to your new QVC range, you're doing jewellery as well. Have you got the, are those earrings yeah. you're wearing? I can see these. Aren't they gorgeous? Look, these are I have to ex hearts. explain them. They're three hearts. But as the They're light so hits pretty. them in different direction, they look different colour shades gorgeous. of pink. Um the interesting thing with the jewellery, as much as I'm just a girl and I just 
love jewellery. I mean, <laughs> how amazing is it when someone says, would you like to do your own jewellery collection? And you're like, are they seriously waiting for an answer, yes or no? Like, it's every girl's dream. Um, but the thing is, I, being petite, I can't, like, I, I don't walk into a store and ever ask to try on a bracelet or a ring because I know they're not going to fit me. Yeah. Necklaces drop down to the, the wrong spot and I've got very clever at, at, at finding this cotton that looks like fishing wire but much, much, much thinner and yeah. where there's no other join to make it smaller, if I'm going on stage and often the jewels are borrowed and they, they have to go back, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would thread it through one of the tiny links into another link so it would sit in the right spot. That's brilliant. Um, so all all of the necklaces adjustable, the bracelets are adjustable. So if you want to layer up necklaces, you can make one shorter so they don't clang together. Being small, my ears don't take a lot of weight with jewellery. Yeah. Um, they turn bright red. Oh, and uh, so even the length of things, like a petite neck is so much shorter. So if I do a hoop earring, it's it's going to be at a length where it's not, resting on my shoulder so so there's a lot of kind of design that's gone into it all of these things that I've always desperately wanted but never been able to walk in a, okay, into brilliant. a store and buy they're yeah. very pretty um it's costume jewelry yes it's using diamondique which is a special kind of diamond that looks real and I mix it in with real diamonds beautiful pieces that I've collected or been given yeah. by family members and you cannot tell the difference. I know they're fantastic. I know, I know. Honestly, can't. I know. Yeah, they're amazing. And then to be able to do these amazing coloured stones like this, and it's lovely to do that because it makes them affordable for people. Because you know, a lot of people can't afford you know real jewels all the time. So I think it's lovely to it's do that. Not only the price point, but talking about looking after the planet. We're not yeah. digging up diamonds, and. For me, when, you know, we will get back to travelling, but often when I did travel, if I had something special that was, like, given to me by my grandmother, I would be worried about travelling with it and, you know, losing it, you know, leaving it somewhere or yeah. it getting stolen. Um, these pieces look absolutely real. You don't have to worry about them. And, you know, for me, jewellery is special whether it is a very expensive piece or not. So my grandmother that's not alive, we were we shared the same birth date, October 20th, and she was just fabulous, always dressed up, hair was always done, but she always had earrings on. And she was very special to me. She had a very uh, a special ring that was in our birthstone, opal with diamonds all around it. And from when I was the tiniest and I could understand what she she was saying to me, she always says, this ring is going to be yours one day. We share a birth date and this is our birthstone. But cut forward to when <laughs> she's older and we had people starting to assist her at home so that she could still stay in her home, the ring went missing. <gasps> it was never found again, uh, which was devastating she to me. She must have been... Just, but she must have been distraught yeah. as well. Yeah, so it was it was just devastating. She always had her earrings on and when she passed away, uh, my dad was asking me, 
you know, to help, you know, clear things out. And there was this little um, jar that was by her bed that always had her earrings in and they were like these fabulous like big pops of colour. They weren't (laughs) expensive. Some of them were just like plastic flowers but it always just brought her to life and I can't imagine her without them. So I said to my dad, his mother, when when she passed away, do you mind if I keep these earrings? And he was like, yeah, sure. I mean, that's not not fine jewellery. (laughs) <laughs> and I've had these earrings framed in in one frame. It's got a velvet oh. backing and there's these colourful pops of her earrings. And I can't oh. tell you how much joy it brings me every time I see it. That's Nana. That's She's there and she's with me. And so I, I feel like even if jewellery is not expensive, it sometimes becomes so you have such an emotional attachment to it and it, and it can be something that's still passed on through generations absolutely 100 that's such a lovely story do you have any jewelry that has been passed on to you well I again you were you were saying about traveling I mean obviously we haven't traveled for nearly a year now but I I was like you we traveled a lot but if I and I've got I'm very lucky my lovely husband buys me beautiful jewelry yeah but I was always terrified because unless you're I, I mean I haven't got it on today, but I've got a very pretty diamond um, um, cluster ring that he bought me for my 60th birthday. And and as long as I was wearing it Mm. and not taking it off, I was fine. And diamonds are quite tough. So, But my engagement ring, um, which is I've had now for 30, we've been married, well, we've been engaged for 35. I've been had engagement ring since for 35 years, but... And Lee got that in India and it's an emerald, an emerald shatter. Mm. You know, you have to be really careful. So I would never travel with that because if you took it off or it dropped or, you know. So again, you know, it's, it's, that's why I then started to collect, you know, not such expensive stuff that I could travel with. Like, Mm. and that's why it's such a brilliant idea to do a range like that. Well, I can't wait to give you some. (laughs) Yes, you can have fun with that. And it's so funny, my little granddaughter, she's, I mean, I think girls, it must be born into them, but she loves anything that's pink, that twinkles Mm. (laughs) or glitters. She's, She's so got my heart funny. already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so funny exactly. though. My son loves jewelry. He always has done. Um, we went out today, and he wanted to buy a watch, and he's he still hasn't quite got the hang of telling the time. So over dinner tonight, we were going through it again. Well, the big hand and the little hand, and I don't know why oh, yeah. he hasn't grasped it. He uh, will. He will. Yeah, he will. But he, yeah, he's he loves wearing rings. And like little bracelets that are like little colourful string oh, yeah. tie yeah, things yeah. that the the kids but give don't to the, each other. The friends give them to each other, aren't yeah. they? Like friendship bracelets. Yeah, yeah he loves lovely. it. So I, yeah. when my first samples arrived, I he said, "Mummy, is this the jewellery that you're designing?" I said, "Yes." Do you want to look at it? And he said, "Oh yes." You know, <laughs> so he's looking through every piece with me. And then there was one ring. That's just very simple, but it's like a lightning bolt with the little diamond oh, yeah. diamonds. Oops. And uh, uh-huh. he tried it on. He said, oh, Mummy, do you think I would be able to get one of these? And I said, 
Yeah, I'll get you yeah. one of those. I would be so proud if you were wearing my oh. uh, ring that I designed. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to to That's getting that fabulous. for him. And he's got a little jewellery drawer where he keeps all his oh. um, bits and pieces. I just want to ask you about the other part of your life, your singing career. I mean, you've done... You've done so many records. You've had so many hit singles in Australia, in England, in Europe. Are you still? Do you still go into the studio, or have you kind of put that on hold for a little bit? I kind of just do odd, random bits here and there that are just fun to do. But uh-huh. um, the fashion business is taking up my main amount of time. Um, and then I throw on top of that TV. So I'm doing um, a show called The Masked Singer out here in Australia. That is very um, short, but it's intense and I can't parent while I'm doing that. So I kind of just want to have that space not to miss this time with Ethan and as much as I'm tempted to do more with it, it's just a life balance thing at the moment to really do it very well you have to dedicate 100% of your time to it. So that's my sister does that. That's her full-time gig, even though occasionally she's done acting or other things that she wants to do, but uh, that's her full, full-time full thing. So she's... And it, it is. It is. It, well, you have to dedicate. It's like it's also like doing a, a, a big stage show. If you do that, that's your life. I mean, yeah. I, did a, I did one on Broadway in the 80s that ran for 18 months and that mm. is your life yeah. you know you 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 work out how you're going to eat how you're going to sleep how you're going to you know and, and I had Carly then she was 5 4 and 5 so you you kind of it's a you know but that is your life you can't really do anything else yeah and it's and, very and, um it's it's kind of hard to do that and 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 juggle being a parent. And uh, I was listening to your interview with Bobby Carnavale and, um, you know, how they're parenting with little kids and going off and doing movies, which, you know, you're in different locations around the world and it's, it's very intense. And he was saying, you know, this, this show that they got to do on Broadway were actually fit in with family time. And I I get that it's, it's, um, it's a difficult job to find those just those amazing ones that fit with family life. And so for a long time I was doing X Factor. It's it's so time consuming and it takes up roughly nine months of the year and, and Oh the, my the, nine yeah, months. From all of the auditioning and then you do your home visits and then there's like twelve weeks of live shows. It it's it's like pretty much the whole year but every day is so long that it's really hard to do that and be parenting you you, you're going to miss out on all the the school runs and the school play and all of that so um like mass singer for me is amazing the whole series is shot in three weeks that's it in three yeah three weeks and it's done that's just launched i think it launched last uk yeah you can have it yeah something like that yeah I think it's a big hit. I think is it a big hit in America, in Australia? Yeah, it's 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 doing well globally. It's mm. huge here in Australia. We're we're very lucky that we have a designer called Tim Chapel, um, who's a costume designer who does all the masks. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. He won an Oscar 
for Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and he's done so many fabulous, you know, costumes. And he, he said he's never had an opportunity like this where the kind of technology, we've filmed two seasons. The big jump from season one to two was he got 3D um, printing technology. So he's amazing at sketching things. But then the 3D printer can bring things to life and then he uses very unusual bits of fabric uh, in them. Like we had um, one mask was an echidna and as the echidna moved, these beautiful spikes just kind of were doing this incredible dancing around him and I, it was only when I was reading uh, an, uh, an interview that Tim had done and he said he tried many things to get this movement and only thing that he could find that moved like that was piano wire. And so he uh-huh. said he will shop it from a thrift store to a music store anywhere that he can get these different materials to then create these magnificent costumes and I, I, it's just it, the whole three weeks filming. I'm sitting there like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> I, I love costumes, color, movement, music, song, dance. I'm just like this is the greatest job in the world. That's so brilliant. Well, I'm and so Ethan loves it. it. And Ethan, I say, does he come along to watch? He he came um, to a couple of shows in the first series in Sydney. Uh, my parents flew up and brought him with them. And uh, another girl on the panel, she has a daughter the same age, so they were sitting in the audience together and we just, we looked over at them going, can you believe this is our kids? And we're actually doing a job that our kids like. Love. You know, that's yeah. that's that's really unusual for parents. Oh, I think, you know, your whole, your whole life changes when you have children because all your, all the things you've always thought of doing or you wanted to do, Take, I think, take second position because suddenly you've got this little person. Yeah. And, um, well, that's what happened with me and Carly. Yeah. You know, I just, I would only take on things that I could, I knew I could have her with me. And, I mean, she's, you know, 42 now. So, yeah. Um, and we're still really, really close. But I think it, it, it puts everything into perspective, really. Yeah. Because that little person is the most important thing in the world and you know and they're they're the best aren't they yeah and now I was amazed you started acting when you were seven yeah is that true yeah I um I had seen the movie Grease and I was so taken by the 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 music in it and the dancing and Mm. I didn't really know what acting was but I saw Olivia Newton-John and I just thought wasn't she gorgeous whatever this is she's doing I (laughs) want to do do that (laughs) and so uh, that's what I said to my parents and they're like well I think maybe you want to go to like a school where you can learn singing and dancing and I'm like I guess so so I, I went to a, a singing and dancing school. I was going to ask you, did you go to like a stage school, yeah? It was, well, there was a famous TV show <laughs> called Young Talent Time and that was the big Saturday night primetime show. Uh-huh. And this was the 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 school off that, um, the you know, the Young Talent Time, you know, school for, for learning. So I just, Dad looked through the yellow pages and it was the biggest ad and he said, oh, it's close by, you know, we'll see if we can get you in there. 
So I went there because I loved the TV show. And um, while I was there learning to sing and dance, not thinking that I would ever do anything professionally, and there were kids there that definitely knew that they were going to do that professionally. They would turn up in full makeup and a Stedford outfits and the, the mother's there sewing costumes and I'm thinking, I, I don't know what's going on. While I was learning, um, my auntie is an actress and she um, was talking to my mum about, you know, her acting agent and we begged mum to take us to this agent that where maybe we could do like what our auntie Sue was doing, she was acting like Olivia Newton-John. You know, we were kind of piecing it all together. And so Kylie and I both were interested. So we went to this acting agent and uh, she sent us to stuff and and we just, we we got stuff like straight away. So it was crazy, but it was kind of, you know, in the family with my mum's sister, her two brothers were cameramen. My brother then later became a cameraman and then Kylie and I went into music and acting so it it was all around us it was it was meant to be yeah and th- then you did uh, how old were you when you went into home and away so i was i was 10 when i went into young talent time to when i was 16 so that was mm-hmm. that the music show and so australia saw me grow up on that that was like every oh. saturday night a live show then you had to leave the show at 16. So I left there at 16 and I thought, okay, that's it. Like that has been a lucky streak and nothing else is going to happen after this. So I'm looking <laughs> around for a real job. And as I was looking around for a real job, there was a call from home and away saying, would you like to to come for an audition? Wow. And so I, I came for an audition and I auditioned for Marilyn, a very famous character on the show, and I'm reading the script and Marilyn's very kind of ditzy. And I was thinking, you know, this is wouldn't be what I would choose, but it's acting, you know, like to embrace a character. And as I'm doing the audition, I'm thinking, no, this isn't going very well. This isn't right. <laughs> and at the end of the audition, they said, look, we don't think the character Marilyn is right for you, but would you like to create a character with us, like, do something really different because that was just the next character we were casting. But maybe, you know, we can wait and, you know, do something specific. And I was like, okay, that sounds really cool. So we created Emma Jackson, who was this bad girl. How brilliant. They must have seen something in you that they knew they wanted, even though that character wasn't right. The funny thing was that um, on Young Talent Time, this show that I'd come from, it was a very wholesome family show, squeaky clean, and people had um, grown up watching me on there and seen me as this little kid. So I guess the producers thought it'd be quite interesting and we'd get a lot of press out of it if we flip this on its head and she's the bad girl. <laughs> and so it was kind of like going from Sandy and Grease to Rizzo. So Brilliant. I was then... And and that interests me because I thought, wow, yeah. I've I've grown up on this TV show. That's what I've done. Now I really want to do this role. I, I want to do this acting where this is just this wild character. Oh, much more fun to play a baddie than a goodie. <laughs> yeah. So then when I hit the screens in England, uh, the UK already knew my sister and, you know, her amazing songs that she did with PWL yeah. and and being... Charlene in Neighbours and her and Jason were there, you know, Scott and Charlene yeah. from Neighbours, and it was all very, like, bubbly and 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 light and cute. And then 
I hit the screens in the UK. <laughs> I'm not thinking, I'm thinking, okay, in Australia this is a good twist because people yeah. already know me and now they're seeing me play Emma Jackson so they can see that I'm acting. But I didn't realise when I hit the screens in the UK, people just saw me as Emma Jackson. People would run down the street saying, Emma, Emma. I'd filmed that so long ago. I thought, why are people screaming Emma at me? And then I realised they actually think I'm Emma Jackson. And then I was kind of in people's minds, I think, cast that way. And I was treated as Emma Jackson for a long time. That's I was kind of like, so oh, it's acting, funny. guys. It's a soap opera. I know. Oh, that's so funny. Have you and Kylie ever record? have you ever sung together? Yeah, we did. Um, the first time was when she came on Young Talent Time as a guest spot with me and, and we sang a song and fans love to throw that up on YouTube. It's hilarious. <laughs> um and we we did a cover version of Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves. Um, oh, yeah. She then came on one of the tours we did and started recording and that was where people saw her sing. So in Australia that was the launch pad for it. Um, and then we did a duet for a, a BBC comedy called Beautiful People and we did a cover of the ABBA song, Winner Takes It All. Oh, my God, I didn't realise how hard that song was to sing until we committed <laughs> to it. Oh, my God, I do not have the same register, but I was like, we're, we're going to do this. We're doing it like the orchestra's been recorded. We've just got to work this out. We've got to do it. So that was that was really fun. And then uh, a couple of years ago, Kylie had a Christmas album and she wrote a song because our Christmas is hot weather our Christmas smells like barbecues and suntan lotion and sounds Lovely. like flip-flops, click-clacking, you know, down the street. <laughs> uh, so she wrote a song called 100 Degrees and <laughs> uh, she said, would you like to do this? She said, I didn't write it as a duet, but it's disco and she knows I love, you know, 70s disco. Uh, and she played it to me and I was like, oh, my God, I love this song so much. So we recorded that and uh, we've had a lot of fun um performing that um one of the best performances she was doing christmas show at the royal albert hall my parents had flown over to see this show because it's just that venue is so beautiful and oh yeah she loves christmas so much and it was just she was throwing everything into it and it was magical i just finished work on the x factor a couple of days before and um we decided to play not a prank, but to surprise our parents where I was going to come out on stage and perform it with her, but they had no idea that I was in the country, that I was oh. there. I mean, to them, like, I couldn't be because I'd just finished work a couple yeah. of days ago. Um, but it, it was it was a, a big plan to get there, to sneak past paparazzi at Heathrow Airport. I don't know. I must have been in this, like, secret cloak or something. I got through with no <laughs> with, without anybody seeing me. I went straight to the Royal Albert Hall, did sound check, then finally had a shower. They tried a costume on me and I went out on stage and performed it with her. Oh, so my God. As After I'm, a 20, what is it, 20-hour flight? 26 hours. Oh, my God. And uh, as I'm walking out on stage, <laughs> my 
my boyfriend and my manager and her husband, we'd all flown over together and they're standing behind my parents in like a little box up in the side just to, to I said, please, you've got to relay to me, you know, their reaction like when I get off stage because, you know, I might not be able to see them properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I come out on stage and my dad's going like this to my mum, like elbowing her saying, the girl on stage looks very much like Danny. <laughs> I wonder where they found her from. She sounds like Danny. Meanwhile, the audience has erupted, you know, because <laughs> all the front row can see it's it's really me. They've erupted. My parents still That's no so idea. Funny. It wasn't till like halfway through the song, and um, <laughs> everyone around them is like trying not to laugh. And then Kylie and I just look up at them and kind of point towards this balcony and we're like, got you. It's the only time we've ever done anything like that to them. That's such a lovely story. Yes. I'm amazed you could get through it. I'd I'd have been dissolved in tears, I think. I think that there was so much planning that went into just being able to get there. My body was in adrenaline overdrive. I was just like, it's happening. Yeah. Anyway, walking out, I, I I played the Albert Hall many years ago. In the 70s, I, I did my second album and we toured it and I ended up at the Fantastic. Albert Hall. That's a oh, big wow. venue. Yeah. So walking out there is pretty scary, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I'm glad that it wasn't my show because then I didn't have that same pressure that you had or Kylie has. I'm, I was just like coming out and enjoying a piece of it. Yeah, but even just to go out there and do anything, it's so huge. And if you can believe it, I mean, I, I only did about seven or eight dates around the country, but we ended at the Albert Hall and it was the last. So I'd, I'd done the show, you know, seven or eight times before. And yeah. on my first song, my mic gave out. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, and I can remember that the, the sound guy who was way, you know how big the Albert Hall is, yeah. he was way at the back of the hall yeah. and he'd heard somewhere if you talk into the microphone, it comes out to of the speakers for the performer. Yeah. And I heard, I can't remember his name now, but I heard him shout to me, Twigs, get the other mic, because, you know, you yeah. always have a backup mic. A spare mic. I heard this little voice and the, the the band kept playing and I apparently I walked very calmly over and picked up my My heart was going like, you know, it was pounding. Yes, because you can't rehearse that. So you no. don't know if the band are no. sticking on the same chord or if they've moved and like which bit of the song are we at. But, you know, we did it and I, I, li- I lived to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah. But it is a big, scary place to go out into. But it, exciting as well and lovely yeah. for your mum and dad. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, great family experience. So I always ask everyone through this year we've all lived through, have you kind of found any amazing books or telly that you've watched because you've been stuck at home or new new things that you've learnt? I mean, I've I've taken up my knitting again and my jigsaws, and which I love. Haven't really taken up anything new. Um, my juggle was definitely homeschooling and work, and my work being in 
sometimes two or three different time zones. So for, for most of last year, my day went from six in the morning till midnight every day. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, yeah, so uh, there was no time for, like, just doing nice, cosy things. So the year went very, very fast for me. But, you know, there was a lot of Googling how do I do long division because I've completely forgotten (laughs) and um, I don't know how to explain this. But the thing is they've changed the way that they do math now at school. So, I mean, Ethan was showing me. He's like, Mummy, we don't do it that way. And I'm like, well, I I don't know. I can't can't help you. I eventually ended up finding uh, a math tutor that would work via Zoom. Oh, yeah, It was the greatest thing, apart from a glass of wine, it was the greatest (laughs) thing during lockdown to have a math tutor and know that I had wine there and I could get through anything. That's hysterical. (laughs) That is really funny. That's. (laughs) I'm just such a shocking teacher. Like Ethan and I, we've never rowed so much. it's, It's hard. You know, my daughter's the same. It's like she said, you know, I can help to a certain degree, but number one, they do it differently. Yeah. They have different methods. And, yeah. you know, that that's what they're trying. I, I wouldn't have the patience, I don't think, or the knowledge mm. apart from anything else. <laughs> I know. It's so funny how I would start, you know, with Ethan on, you know, trying to teach him some something about this math or how to solve it. And I'm so stressed before I've even begun. And then I would hear the math tutor on the Zoom. Hi, Ethan, how are you doing? I'm thinking, oh, God, I definitely don't start like that. (laughs) You know, they have this enthusiasm and they're all like, pow, pow, pow. Yeah. I think it's been really tough on mums and dads, actually, the homeschooling. I hear things on the radio, um, you know, parents just, kind of at their wits, especially if they've got two or three at different ages. Oh, yeah. That's really tough. Yeah, I mean, every day I was thinking of my friends that have three kids and, you know, when one of the platforms breaks down or something's wrong with the Wi-Fi, I could feel like my neck go (laughs) all red and I'm like, okay, breathe, slow down, you can do this, you can do this. But, yeah, but... Parents with three kids just oh. had to throw their hands. Oh, in you know, the air there was a thing on, on the it. on the TV last night about you know some families haven't got haven't got Wi-Fi, haven't got laptops, and and there's yeah. been wonderful charities who are going around and making sure that every child has access to something. But you know, lots of families don't have that that yeah. What we look on as an everyday thing to have they don't have it so it's been well, really in, um, hard on in them. Ethan's school system we were raising money um and then there was that real awareness from parents who can afford to have a laptop um uh, for the amount of kids that didn't and so there was I'd put in money to help them you know buy these things and then Quite quickly, there was a notification, you know, we're 70% there, we're 90% there, and then suddenly all the kids that need these devices now have them and then it's a, it's about getting the parents the support that are not used to these devices and don't have Wi-Fi to now give them Wi-Fi. So I think there's a beautiful 
spirit. Yeah, a great spirit for people and understanding and kindness. And I think it's like, you know, I mean, my mum and dad aren't with us anymore, but just talking a little bit like I used to when they were around about what it was like during the war years that people did pull together. I mean, it's a different thing, but, but I do think intrinsically people are good. Yeah. There's always the bad ones out there, unfortunately, but most people are kind and good and, and, and want to help. Yeah. But anyway, it's been so lovely. Thank you so much for talking to me. And I really, I think your range is going to go brilliantly on QVC. It's a brilliant idea. I can't And when you're allowed to come over, do give me a tinkle. And we'll have a proper cup of tea. And and I I will bring my sister over too and we can have a a nice magic girl. Give her her my love. I will. And and my my love to Lee as well. And a big cuddle from Ethan. And uh, well, I I can't wait to meet. I w- well, I won't recognise him, obviously. <laughs> well, I'll send you a photo because he Please. just started school and we've got a photo of us um, on first day of school. You oh. will not believe this huge young man standing That's next so to me. funny. And yeah. I'll, I'll find the photo where I'm holding him and embarrass him. Please, <laughs> Please. He was so sweet. <laughs> anyway, I wish, I wish you a lovely rest of summer. And please call me when you when you get over here, when you're allowed. I will do. I'll, I'll bring you some treats from Australia. Oh, that was so much fun catching up with Danny. I'm very jealous of her being in hot, lovely, sunny Australia and going to the beach every day. Oh, well, hopefully we'll get there soon. So don't forget to check out Danny's new collection on QVC. See you soon. Bye. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. just heard a stripped media production.